you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey, it's Oliver Banks and welcome to episode 33 of the Retail Transformation Show. Now, if you tuned in last week into episode 32, then you'll know we started a conversation with Paul Jocelyn, all about transforming your workforce through a transformation of learning and development. We know the world is evolving. We know jobs and skills are evolving. So you need to make sure that you are also doing the right things to make sure that they're prepped up, to make sure that your workforce is ready for the challenges of today and the exciting new things happening in tomorrow and the rest of the future as well. Now, last week on episode 32, and like I say, if you've not listened to it, do go back and take a little listen. It will set up this conversation today perfectly. So you can find that either in your podcast player or at obandco.uk slash 32. So we explored all sorts of things about how the world is changing and why learning and development does need to change and transform. That in turn will excite and energize your workforce, both in terms of the, the generations and the people that are making up your workforce of today, but also it will get them ready to have multi-skills, to be adaptable, to be flexible, ready as as the world continues to evolve, that they are ready to evolve with it. They are more responsive to change. Now, doesn't that sound good? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So in today's episode, we're continuing the conversation, as I say, and you're going to learn about three really quite actionable things that you can do today. So make sure that you grab a a pen and paper if you're not driving. If you are driving, then please don't just keep your eyes on the road. (laughs) Um, But do take notes. And if you want to, to take the shortcut, then you can also grab a bit of a summary at obandco.uk slash 33. And that's where today's show notes are. So obandco.uk slash 33. So without further ado, let's dive straight on in to part two of my conversation with Paul Jocelyn. Here we go. I'd like to shift things up here and start to think about what is it that someone could actually do? You know, what is a tangible action that someone could really start to work on straight after listening to this show? Can you give a few examples of how to get started and start to move towards that learning organisation? Yes, yes. So I've got three examples that I think managers or teams could start to put into action straight away. So fantastic. If we think about three of those features, characteristics of a learning organization, a more continually learning organization, the first one I mentioned was time and expectation around reflection. So the simple commitment to after action review. So there's an old retail saying around our process should follow plan and then we do and then we review. Of course there is. But invariably, plan, do review. invariably, we do the P and the D and never the R. That's right. Something else comes along then, exactly. usually, doesn't it, right? Exactly. So I think really committing to, in very practical ways, 
how can we ensure that reflection? So it might be as simple as on a shift change, might be at the end of a replenishment shift, it might be at the end of a piece of merchandising, it might be after a cycle of performance reviews for a group of managers. How can we encourage and role model the idea of reflecting on what were the challenges here? What were some of the key factors? What was consistent or what was inconsistent? How can we bring that level of discipline, but a discipline into what's a piece of thought leadership, what's quite an intuitive, again, human process, but as part and parcel of the way that we go and deliver all of our processes? That would be the first one, link into reflection. And and just picking up on a couple of words there, you know, at the end of the shift, it's regular. It's agendered in almost. It's right. I do this at the end of the shift. It is part of the the routine, so to speak, to make sure that I do it every time. Absolutely. And it's habit forming. I think that's really important. The idea that people like us do things like this. Right. It's part of how we are with each other. Super. It's a a small but valued and recognised part of how we ensure every time we get ideas for moving forward things that we should recognize things that we should celebrate but keep it really simple but absolutely regular and see it as a really clear cultural flag for the way that people operate together so prioritizing that time for reflection yes what else secondly this idea in a learning organization of better connections breaking down silos one of the interesting ways that we could approach that is thinking about better conversations by changing up the work that people do. So by encouraging more diversity, and by that I mean often people work in a particular area, if we're thinking about retail and stores, physical stores, there's lots of deep experience in particular roles, in particular processes and routines. How can we deliberately and in a planned way start to bring together people from different areas of the operation, for example, with a particular context, with a particular experience set, and encourage them to see their work from the other side, from the customer side, if they're not always customer facing, from one part of the supply chain, experiencing another part of the supply chain. So this idea of breaking silos by giving people experience outside of their particular role and routine. Often you'll see somebody who's in a long-standing role, somebody who's more junior, less experienced, wouldn't feel like perhaps in the current culture they could step forward with an idea or an opportunity or an improvement. By deliberately fostering and building some of those new relationships and different relationships, what could we unlock together? What new possibilities or ideas what conversations could start, how could they benefit. So again, in quite a quick, cheap, free, simple way. We like how, quick, cheap and free. Indeed. That sounds good. It's the watchword. How do we encourage better conversations and better potential solutions by driving that kind of diversity of relationships and contact and ways of working together? That makes sense. Silos is always a big challenge, so... Thank you very much for yeah, that tip. And often we've set ourselves up to be deliberately silent and sometimes some unhealthy competition. Number three, did the, you say? The third example. Fantastic. So if we think about how we get to a more balanced set of measures. So measures in retail, transparency, really key. You know, Culturally, 
it's the bedrock in many, many organisations, and you'd argue rightly so. But if we think about how could we rebalance some of the measures, if we think about you get what you measure, so often we see the measures being predominantly financial. Definitely. We talk to people about numbers. We talk to people about what we achieved and didn't achieve. We measure ourselves with great pride against our ability to hit that predetermined budget and that financial target. We also predominantly look back. We talk about yesterday. We talk about the week so far. We talk about last week, last period, last quarter. As that snapshot in last time. Year. Yes. So we very much look back and we talk money. <laughs> I think under balancing measures, how about we think about alongside that, looking forward and introducing some of those human characteristics. So, for example, we could talk about the new conversations we've had. We could talk about the connections we've made. We could talk about the way that we've looked outside of our particular business unit, outside of our particular business. Simple stuff. Some of this not new. This could you know, relate back to competitor reviews, but just that rebalance in our routine, in our expectation, how would we measure? Are we looking forward? Are we thinking about the human connection related measures alongside our financial and looking back? That makes sense. Even looking back, I still personally think has value. I'm always a big fan of looking at trending information mm. purely because if you see the shape of what those past performances are gives you the best indication of what your future performances are going to be as well. So in a, an aim of looking forward, how do I adjust the future? So as we begin to wrap up this episode, Paul, what are the takeaways you think that someone that's been listening to this and really enjoying it, what, what are the key takeaways someone should think about afterwards? Well, I, I think for me, it's absolutely not about revolution. I think this is an evolutionary change that we're describing here. I think in the era of certainty, where it was about scaling efficiency and leanest process wins and the ability to best comply to that process, at least cost one, I think the world felt quite simple. Probably wasn't simple at the time <laughs> for those of us that were in it. But if we talk about it in those terms, it's quite linear, pretty black and white expectations. And I think the level of excuse the phrase, disruption, I think some of the choices and challenges, I think the context in terms of the economy, the expectations of our people, there are far fewer straight lines. So I think for me, the overarching choice is how do we rebalance would be the first takeaway. Are we going to choose to rebalance from purely a scaling efficiency approach and mindset to something that's also about in the right areas to begin with in a thoughtful way, how do we create those social structures? How do we create more adaptability and start to measure some different things would be the first summary point for me. And then I think the next two points by way of takeaway and wrap up link together. So again, this idea of balancing the time and effort we put into education, think about schooling work, as I like to describe That's it, right. <laughs> versus creating that learning environment. So if we think about continuous learning and the opportunity beyond some of those formal interventions, what are we going to commit to? Where could we start? We talked about examples um, just now around some of the features of a learning organisation. What, what might look like in quite a small way that we could add to our 
routines add to our daily processes and our practice. And then I guess overall, I think we're looking to really challenge ourselves on the value and the benefit of being a compliance organisation for and with customers and value through who's winning the compliance race versus ultimately, I think it's the most adaptable that are going to survive and ultimately thrive. I think adaptability is the watchword and that in the end is going to be the key differentiator. How do we put deliberate effort and leadership around what's going to create that environment with our teams for our teams as leaders? So as as the whole industry continues to evolve and shift with different competitors, different channels, your teams remain flexible. They They can adapt to that new setup, whatever that looks like in the future, and can continue to thrive, as you rightfully said. Absolutely right. Super. This has been really great, Paul. One very important question to finish on. How should people get in touch with you if they want to find out more, if they want to start thinking about building their learning organization further? I'd say two ways to keep it simple. Find me on LinkedIn, Paul Jocelyn, J-O-C-E-L-Y-N, or find me on Twitter at Paul Jocelyn. Super. Well, that's where that's where to go and find Paul. And we will make sure that you can easily get those links on the show notes page. So make sure you head over there later on. Paul, just to wrap up, thank you very much. It's been really enlightening. And people have got those those three great tangible things to go away and start to put into action right now. And lots of thinking to do as well, I'm sure. So thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on to the Retail Transformation Show. Thanks, Ollie. Really appreciate it. Thanks again. So that wraps up the conversation with Paul Jocelyn. And I'd love to know, what were your key takeaways from today's episode? Either reach out on LinkedIn where you can find me, Oliver Banks. Oh, and by the way, if we're not connected, then we definitely should be. So do reach out, connect. Remember to personalise your invite and say that you listen to the show. It would be great to hear from you. So either reach out on LinkedIn and let me know what you thought of the show or find me on Twitter at Ollie underscore Banks, O-L-L-I-E underscore Banks. Now, one of the things that we didn't explore in this episode, and I kind of wish we had done, was one of the big concepts that Paul definitely believes in. So this is the whole concept that learning and development should play a greater strategic role in an organization. And I have to agree with him here. So that traditional L&D role can sometimes be a bit reactive, almost waiting to see what the problems are and then finding a training solution to resolve them. But actually, in this world where things are changing, change, by the way, is accelerating and it's faster than ever. It feels like now is the right time for the whole piece about learning and development to really shift and evolve itself, to play that greater strategic role, as I say. That division, L&D, should be able to proactively see the skills, the capabilities, and even the attitudes that the future workforce needs and that will be needed to deliver the wider strategic goals of the organization. No longer should they be the reactive facilitators and schedulers of training courses, but instead they should be forward-thinking, looking at where 
the workforce is going and where the company is going and working out is that going to match and if not where do we need to evolve rather than waiting for it to happen and then as I say reactively doing it. Paul is such an expert at this. If you've not spoken to him and you're interested in this topic I do thoroughly thoroughly recommend you do reach out to him and have a if nothing else just a conversation. He will open your eyes. I promise you that. You know, the opportunity for learning and development is so much bigger. And I think that the intelligent and forward-looking organizations must use learning and development to enable the continually evolving, continually changing capability requirements. By the way, if you do want to get in touch with Paul, you can do this in a couple of different ways, or three different ways, actually. Either on Twitter, where his uh, username is Paul Jocelyn, or you can find him on LinkedIn or by email, paul at jocelynconsultingltd.co.uk. And I'm going to put all of that contact info, if you can't remember it, or if you don't have a good pen to uh, to jot it down right now, you can find it at obandco.uk slash 33. So do make sure you reach out to Paul. I'm sure he'd love to uh, hear from you and to, to, to dive into this in a whole lot more detail and dive into the specifics of your particular environment, your particular organization. So we're going to wrap this episode up right now. I do hope you've enjoyed this. I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with Paul, and I think I can't remember if I've mentioned it. You know, I catch up with Paul outside, and uh, we we bounce some ideas around. He's just one of those brilliant people. He always manages to inspire new thinking and spark new ideas in my head. So... Paul, I know you're listening and I want to say thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's uh, you're, you're amazing, by the way, so do keep it up. And for everyone else listening in today, then I thank you very much. I do hope you subscribe and remember to share this with, with, your, with your colleagues, with your friends, with your peers. Let them know about the Retail Transformation Show. So we're going to wrap this one up right now. I look forward to joining you next time. We've got some really brilliant stuff in the can already. I can't wait to share it with you. So remember, as I say before, hit subscribe right now and I'll catch you on the next episode. See you then. 